the Bible Study Podcast, episode 268. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues a study of the kingdom of God. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue the study of the kingdom of God, looking at New Testament references for the kingdom of God. And we looked last time at Matthew. This week, we'll look at the Gospel of Mark, and we'll start with the 15th verse, or the 14th and 15th verse, which are in Mark 1. In Mark 1, Mark starts with the story of John the Baptist coming and preaching and telling people about a baptism of repentance, and that the one who comes after him, whose sandal he's not worthy to untie, will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. And then we get Jesus' baptism, and then immediately after Jesus' baptism, we get these verses. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. We're here at the beginning of Mark's gospel. We only get 13 verses about John the Baptist. His ministry, so far as we can tell, wasn't particularly long, but it was particularly impactful. That John comes there hasn't been a prophet in Judah for 500 years, and suddenly there's this man in the wilderness crying, prepare the way of the Lord. And prepare the way of the Lord is a particularly kingly phrase that when a king would come, when somebody importance would come, you would redo the highways. You didn't have a regular highway program, but when the king would come, you'd make sure you made the path straight. And then Jesus comes and he says, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The time has come. And there's a couple things we can notice about this is one is there is an imperative to it. And two is the timeliness of it. The, the idea is the kingdom of God isn't just something that will happen anymore, that the kingdom of God has come. Remember that we looked at in the verses in Matthew, now these verses would predate if we did this in chronological order, but the verses in Matthew talked about multiple kingdoms, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God and the prince of this world, that there are authorities and powers that don't report to God or that are rebellion to God. And so when Jesus announces the kingdom of God is here, he is saying not just that eventually everything will work out and it will all come back to God, but that God's kingdom is here and now, in this place, at this time. That you have come into contact today, as he's talking to his listeners, with the kingdom of God. How can that be since Jesus was still speaking in a very imperfect world, a world that will eventually have him crucified for doing nothing particularly wrong? But what we see is that God's kingdom working out is happening at the same time as and in the same place as the kingdom of this world. So when Jesus comes and proclaims the kingdom of God, he is saying, right now, God is working out his plans. Right now, God is king, and there are those who are coming under authority to him, and the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is now. As we look at those verses and we think about how they apply to us, I think we need to understand the same thing is true today, that the kingdom of God is not something that will happen sometime when and if. That the kingdom of God, those who are coming under the authority of God and who are in obedience to what God says and God working out his plans and his purposes is now, it's here and that we are invited, as Jesus was inviting people, to be part of that. 
Going on to the next references to the kingdom of God, we go into Mark 4. So Jesus tells the parable of the sower, and then he makes a reference to the disciples to the kingdom of God. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. But when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that there may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times that which was sown. And so, As Jesus references in this context here of this parable, we have the parable, we have a conversation about the kingdom of God, and then we have the explanation of the parable. What the parable about is God coming and the word of God coming and different people receiving it or not receiving it, being fruitful or not fruitful, being faithful or unfaithful. Okay? In the midst, we have this interesting and provocative use of the phrase, the kingdom of God, when Jesus tells them that there is some secret nature of the kingdom of God. The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you and to everybody outside. I speak in parables because otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Well, that's really bizarre. Isn't that what God wants them to turn and be forgiven? So this is a little complicated and possibly a little controversial. But we do see some things clearly. One is when we talked about the kingdom of God being here and now, clearly not everybody sees that. We may not see it on any given day. He's saying that the kingdom of God is here, it's now, but it may also not be obvious. It may also be hidden. It may be secret. And he says, you have been given, he says to the disciples, the secret of the kingdom of God. You can see what's going on. You can see that God is at work here. You have been called to be part of this work. But he says not everybody sees this. 
Not everybody sees that there are two kingdoms at work here. And clearly in his parable, he's talking about Satan coming and robbing people of the word of God. He's talking about cares of this world, robbing people of the joy of the kingdom of God, a persecution preventing people from being in the kingdom of God. So he's talking about conflict, conflict from within us and conflict from without of us. Again, we get this sense of multiple kingdoms, same time, same place, at conflict, but that it's not clear to everyone that the kingdom of God is even there. Not everyone, when they look at the situation, understand there are two different competing ways to live, two different competing standards, two different competing calls in some sense. And then also later on in this chapter, we get these two references. The parable of the growing seed. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters his seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what, parable shall, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. It is interesting how many times when we choose the term kingdom of God and we look at the verses in the New Testament that reference it, we get it really closely linked to fruitfulness, really closely linked to harvest. The kingdom of God is a farmer sowing his seed. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is hidden. The kingdom of God is secret. We get this first parable here. The kingdom of God is like a man who scatters the seed in the ground. It sprouts and he doesn't even know how. There's a mystery element to here. The farmer doesn't understand, especially at this time, the farmer probably hadn't gone to biology school and didn't necessarily understand even how seeds worked, didn't understand genetics, didn't understand phylum, didn't understand zygotes, didn't understand any of that. But he knew that if he put the seed in the ground, some part of it, some portion of it would grow. We got the disciples being told that the secret of the kingdom of God is revealed to you. And here we get the farmer who is involved heavily in this doesn't even understand how it works. There's some mystery to the kingdom of God, again, because the kingdom of God isn't necessarily obvious. And it's like this mustard seed. It's also surprising. Right? When you look at a mustard seed, he's saying, which is the smallest of all seeds, you wouldn't predict what's going to come from it. So if the kingdom of God might not be obvious, it's also surprising and let's say miraculous that God is working his purposes out in ways that will surprise us, in ways that will confound the enemy. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey! 
Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.